Chris, do you know the real reason I actually came to record the podcast today was to hit you up for some cash? Cash, Casey? I think you have plenty of that. No, really, I don't. Um, I was just hoping you would give me money to buy lunch today. We'll see. Hey everybody, welcome in to the podcast episode number three of the Rockstar Entrepreneurs. I am Casey and I'm here with my podcast homie, Chris. Say hello. Hey, what's up everyone? What's going on? Welcome back everybody. Thank you guys for joining us. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast through the Anchor app. It's totally free guys. Just go to Anchor, iOS, and the Android Google Play Store. You can download it. Search for Rockstar Entrepreneurs if you're listening to this anywhere else. Download it and you can leave us questions through the app. So that's awesome. Today's topic is money. You guys are going to be excited about that. We're going to talk about the first thing everybody wants to know when they ask me about business and entrepreneurship is money. That's today's topic. Chris, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the words business and money in the same sentence? Oh, well, that's loaded. Uh, how to keep it as much as you can of it, you know? That's kind of, that's kind of what comes to mind is so- how much you need of it. You know, to, so in to the next episode, the or? next episode of the podcast will be Chris only because the first thing that comes to my mind is how to spend it. <laughs> so th- those of you interested in actually doing good business, feel free to listen to Chris's podcast. <laughs> uh, I think money scares people with business. I think whether it's money to start the business, to invest, uh, like how much they need to make, how much they need to start with, I think people are actually scared of it because they think about all the things like the personal bills they still have to pay. The money to run the business, like health care that they might lose if they're giving up a job, um, 401k, all the things about money that scares people. You think that's that's pretty on point? I think it's accurate. I think uh, some people are more, uh, you know, they're willing to risk money, whereas others hold on to it uh, very tight. And so it's, it's going to be really dependent on the person, I think. But... That is a very common thing that, you know, that you see in people is they don't want to risk money. That, that is their concern when it comes to business is the money. And, and that's that goes back to what you said in episode two, um, where you said a lot of people are just comfortable working their regular job and not giving it up. And like just going to nine to five, making a paycheck, saving it and then basically coming home. So I think money really is the biggest reason that people um, don't start a business. So I think it's pretty ironic how people want to start a business to make money, but they're scared to spend the money to start the business that requires them to spend money in order to make the money. I think that's ironic. That's the one thing people won't do. Yeah, it is. And that's why I think uh, for a lot of people, they're, they're going to be more comfortable starting small. Yeah. Um, they're going to be more comfortable easing into a business. You know, a lot of people have that fear that it's not going to work. Yeah. So that constant fear. So they never even start it. This this wasn't on my like note bullet point. We always have like bullet points to like stay on topic here on the podcast. But do you think that's why people like eBay and Amazon and, and reselling and like Poshmark? Because you can start with like $10 or $10,000? Oh, yeah. I think that's a lot of the main appeal is that it's basically zero cost of entry. Like there's no uh, there's no minimum cost to play the game, basically. It's just yeah. you throw what you have. You can even start with your own stuff, you know? Yeah, I didn't you know. You can go through your house, grab all your stuff, throw it on there, and boom, you, you might have 600 bucks the next week to put into an idea that 
you know, you've been wanting to work on or something for stuff you haven't literally touched like in, in years. months or years. Yeah. yeah. I do see a lot of people that message on the, the Facebook group asking about like the best way to get started on eBay or Amazon if you've never sold anything or just limited. And that's pretty much the consensus response. Everybody's like, sell your own stuff, sell your old shoes, sell your old shirts, sell your old video games, whatever you have. And that can give everyone, uh, I want to say something I read online said the average American um, if they sell off all the junk they don't need from their house on eBay has an, like $480 worth of uh, merchandise. Oh, no doubt. No so doubt. that gives you, I mean, four or $500 doesn't sound like a lot of money in business, but that will give you enough to buy, say for an eBay business, a light kit, a scale, some shipping supplies, and like $200 worth of inventory, which can go a long way. Um, so if you, you use the money correctly and you start the right way, you don't need you know, ten, fifteen, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 to drop day one no and i think a lot of times when people start with that kind of money um those are the kind of people that drain it out real fast Reckless. and it fails we know a few people yeah. like that i mean you can't you, if you're gonna do that you have to know what you're doing first you know what i'm they're, saying they're like, just more they're comfortable they're more reckless with the money yeah um and when we say spend money to make money it doesn't mean throw money i call things spending money or throwing money it doesn't mean to throw money it means to spend it wisely so uh, yeah, spending money to make money is a must. You can't be scared of it, uh, but you do have to make educated, researched decisions with the money. So keep that in mind. Um, what about people that are trying, that do want to start with a little bit of capital? Like, I think a lot of people have time saving money or budgeting it. So let's say that you have a full-time job and you're making you know, an extra $1,000 a month. And so you start saying, I'm going to take my extra money, I'm going to put it into a company, I'm going to start a business, I'm going to buy inventory. Do you think a lot of people, when they have that extra money, they have a problem kind of saving it and budgeting it to put it away to, to put towards the company? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I, I guess I'm a little confused as to what you mean. So, so like, yeah, a lot of people, um, they want to start a company with like the extra money they make at their job. So every right. month they have like thousand dollar surplus. And they're like, all right, I'm going to start putting away my extra money and use that to start the business. Right. Like my fun money is going to turn into investment money. Right. Um, but then a lot of people are really bad <laughs> with money because they have extra money, but they, they blow it going out to drink or going dinners or they buy right. a fancier car. And so then they, they can't figure out a way to keep that money to put it towards the business. Well, the first thing you have to do if you have goals, you have a goal to grow, whether it's uh, personally or, or business wise. And you have to discipline yourself bottom line you can't you can't have the you can't have it all basically so you can't go out and spend the money or you don't have the money to make money with it you know and i recommend personally starting say that you do make an extra thousand bucks a month make it a goal to at least pull 500 out and start your business with it start working on your side hustle start you know buying some stuff to flip and resell and then the next month, another 500, plus the profit you may have made on the other. And then the next month, another. I'm not saying take all your extra money to do it, but trim back your lifestyle. Uh, look at the money you can save on, whether it's you know cable. Like my wife and I were just talking. We are getting rid of cable. It's ridiculous. We don't watch it. We watch Netflix, <laughs> yep. and we are on our laptops. We do not. Even my daughter, she watches Disney movies and stuff in the in the Blu-ray player. It's just unnecessary, and it's like over a hundred bucks a month is costing us. Yeah. So we're gonna cut that, and you know we have other stuff we that could probably be cut, but we're gonna start there. And twelve hundred dollars a year that adds quick. up. Yeah, that quick twelve hundred. That's a nice little chunk of the IRA contribution. You know, yep. that's like 
there, there's just ways to trim back on spending and a lot of his eating too, you know? Yeah. We live in a world of meals and stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, convenience is on every corner, you know? Yeah. It's food. like, yeah. Food is probably, last month, um, so we do a lot of budgeting for food because we know our number one expense is food and, and drinks. And I've got that app on, BOA has that thing where it tells you like your budget lines and what oh, section. I'm not, I'm not touching yeah. that. So the, I don't want to be depressed. <laughs> so Yeah, so a lot of the new bank apps and like the QuickBooks will do it too. But um, and, and Bank of America, it tells you like the categories that right. you spend. And so like, you know, my mortgage payment comes out. And so it shows, you know, mortgage 10% right. of income. And then, um, you know, automobiles, 20% of income. And then it, it shows my food and it's like 49% of, wow. of like income That's with insane. food and beverages and stuff. And so it tracks it based on where you're spending. Like, oh, you went to McDonald's, eight bucks, uh, puts it in that category. Right. And so every time me and Kate look at it, it's like, holy crap, half of our, our money, half of every deposit I get to my account goes to like food. It's bonkers how much money we spend we still go to the grocery store we have to buy like paper towels and toilet paper and all the stuff you need to have and spend a couple hundred dollars and then you know going out to eat so i promise everybody listening to this has places that they can cut back money for sure if you don't have the apps or you don't use stuff like bank of america or things like that go create a spreadsheet and track for 30 days one month track what you spend Put up and, a budgeting. Yeah, give them one in the VIP. <laughs> I'll have to. Yeah, I'll have to put up a budgeting uh, thing in the VIP group Google. for VIP members. If you're not a member of VIP, certainly um, rockstarflipper at gmail.com. I'll send you all the info about it. It's an awesome group. Um, I'm gonna have to do a budgeting thing because I know a lot of people in the group are having budgeting issues, and you'll you'll be shocked when you open it up after 30 days and look at how much money you actually spent on food, on a Red Bull on the way to work, on a coffee the next yeah. morning. That stuff adds up so fast. Yeah, I'm I wanna, terrible at Starbucks. Yeah, so, terrible. yeah um, I know. When you have your phone on like auto scan, first oh, time. Yeah. First My time, Starbucks auto loads 50 bucks and I feel like I get the notification way too often. Yeah, and it's insane. first time we ever went out to like one of these car meets, Chris was like, oh, Starbucks just beep beep with his phone. I'm like, what is that? Like, I don't yeah. even go to Starbucks. Uh, Kate's bad about it. But, so um, back to what we were saying about, like, taking a little money, putting it in. Mm -hmm. Personally, I would recommend, okay, so this is on the other side. So somebody says, I make a 1000 extra dollars a month. And for some reason, they've come up with in their head that they need ten grand to start their business. Yeah. You don't wait 10 months of saving money and then do that because... The emotional toll that's going to take on you to save $10,000, watch it build up, and then start spending it rapidly. Is <laughs> when And in all those 10 months, you could have been building on something. Yeah. eBay, it's, it's zero cost of entry, but it's not an overnight thing. You need to build up an inventory. Mm -hmm. You need to build up a listing technique, efficiencies. You need to get these things in order. And all the while, you're saving for your business idea you could have been doing that. Instead, yeah. you're just dreaming about the idea down the road, and that's the easy part. And some people try that, just like you said, and, and the 10 months gets to be too big for them, and they never actually make it, and so then they actually never start the company. Exactly. So, yeah, get going as soon as you can. As, as soon as you have enough money to, to, to take step one, because you're not going to take step 47 today. Take step one and, and start small. No one started you know, a car dealership uh, Brandon Ford is a local car dealership here. They sell like 300 cars an hour. Um, <laughs> I think it's more like 900 a month. 900 still, a month. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, they they didn't start with the the giant dealership that they have. They started, you know, I remember reading the history of Brandon Ford at the dealership with a corner lot here in Brandon with like 10 cars. So wow. yeah, they started very small. So keep that in mind. Don't try to be, you know, Apple or Google overnight. 
Um, and that goes, my next point, we kind of just talked about it, but I had as a bullet point, like sacrificing things in order to get the business up. Uh, people have a real problem giving up Starbucks or um, giving up like, you know, uh, not getting a nicer car or not moving right away or, or not doing X and X and X. Sacrificing is like so hard. I'm guilty of it. I won't give up anything. I'm so stubborn. But you're only sacrificing it temporarily. Now, I did a video on this a long time ago where I got a lot of hate because I said, you know, giving up Starbucks every day to save, you know, 50 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month isn't going to make you rich. And it's not. But it could give you the ability to start something that could make you rich. Right. And that's where people are like, oh, I'm not giving up Starbucks. It's only for now. It's only until you build something that will pay for plenty of Starbucks. Right. The key is building something that will generate the income. You know, if you have, you know, if you have the money, buy the Starbucks. But, or if you see the Starbucks as, you know, if you justify that as being fuel for your daily, you know, listing or your daily <laughs> whatever you're doing for, you know, to make money, yeah, I guess you can justify we're, that a little We're bit, certainly but. going to get a hundred comments from women, mostly women, a few of you gentlemen too, but <laughs> that are going to say, listen, I can't get through my day without Starbucks. Y'all can just take that point of your podcast and stick it. Like, there's no doubt in my mind I'm going to get that. Um, it's, you know, there, there's just all kinds of areas you could pull from. And like yep. I said, even starting with your own personal stuff that's sitting around. Cable. You know, don't go like sell your family car and <laughs> get a, a piece of junk that's going to, you know, down. cause problems for you and transportation issues. And yep. the real key to at least the kind of businesses I've been involved in is getting to work, is actually putting your body in motion, making that listing, making that description, you mm. know, it's it comes down to the stuff that's not already spelled out for you. So when you get an eBay order, for instance, what do you have to do? You have to ship it. You don't have a choice mm-hmm. or you lose your account. I mean, that's yeah. cut and dry. But nobody says you have to list a product. There's, there's nothing that's saying you must do it. Yep. You just have to do it. You just have to start working, and and that's yeah. And I you think, can't sit back and be like, oh, it's not working when you you're like four months in, even or, or a couple months in. You have to give it time. Everything takes time to grow, to build. As long as you're working towards something and and you're not hammering away at something that clearly isn't working, spinning your wheels. Yeah, too. I mean, just little so bits at a time. It's it's just as much investment of your time and work ethic and work effort as it is the money. So don't get hung up on, you know, having, like we said, waiting for 10 grand, get to work, put in the hours and your investment, your, what is that word I'm looking for? The, uh, your sweat equity, equity, sweat sweat equity equity. is worth just as much as the money equity that you're going to put into something. That's why there's business partnerships where somebody puts in the money and somebody puts in the work. Exactly. Um, so keep that in mind. Hey, want to work something out? Um, yeah, by all means, um, I don't know who's going to do what. Yeah, I I don't like spending money and I don't like working. So I'm pretty worthless (laughs) in business partnerships. I'm a bad business partner. I've been told that many times. Um, I'm only motivated when it's my own stuff and my own money. I'm bad about the rest of it. Um, So that's why it's pretty important, uh, you know, for people that have a full-time job, don't quit your full-time job because then you're just going to be even farther behind the eight ball. Keep it as long as possible. As long as it's not like strangling your efforts on your hustle like mm-hmm. you know if if you feel like it's taking away or you've offset your income so much that you that your 
check you're collecting is literally like you know just a fraction of what you're making otherwise like yeah. hold on to it there are so many benefits to working for a company yeah you know working for a company that's going to take care of some of your retirement contributions it's going to take care of some of your insurance and you're going to get vacation time like casey like you and i we don't get paid if we leave like no. that's work left and that's work you know you that it's just different that know? was a discussion i had to have with people about they're like oh well you're leaving for you know for vegas for six days and i'm like yeah and they're like, oh, that trip cost you, you know, whatever, $2,000. And I'm like, no, that trip's going to cost me like $4,000 because it's 2000 to pay for the trip. And how much lost sales and lost effort and work am I going to lose while I'm sitting in Vegas? Yeah. And that's hard to let go of. But you yeah. got to, if you're going to have a, a good time and you're not going to worry. And, yeah. You know, plus, you'll be able to work a little bit there. I will. Set I will. up a little office in your in your In the room hotel room, yeah. Oh, as long as the... Um, as long as the Wi-Fi decides to work properly. <laughs> Vegas, well, see, last year at MGM, and I don't know about Mandalay, but um, and we're getting off topic, but that's okay. Uh, last year, there was, um, I heard the number was just around 1,000 people that actually went in. This year, apparently they sold, somebody said 2,500 to 3,000 tickets, so wow. two to three times the people. I don't know if Mandalay's Wi-Fi is better. Please, Mandalay Bay, if you're listening, be better. Um, yeah. <laughs> The uh, same parent companies, aren't yeah, they? yeah, they're the owned by MGM setups. Entertainment. Yeah, was that bad over there? I don't remember. I feel like I had one. We did the live show inside the thing. Maybe oh, it was just a live show, and it was it didn't run. We had to cut it short because it kept skipping. Oh, that's bit. probably because you had such a concentration of people on. The yeah, right inside there, of the hotel. Yeah, a ton of people. Um, it, speaking of anybody interested in eBay Open, apparently they sold out yesterday. The tickets are gone. So sorry if you missed your chance. If you do live in Vegas and you didn't get a ticket, at least come to uh, Monday night's meetup. You can find all that information on rockstarflipperonline.com or on the Facebook group. Um, so the last couple of things I want to cover uh, about money management and like, you know, reinvesting and stuff. A lot of people, you know, they think if they match what you were just saying, if they match the amount of money they make at work, um, they start thinking about quitting. You obviously have to cover the healthcare and the difference in 401k or all that. I know a lot of people gave me an argument about, well, now I don't have to drive to work. You still have to drive to source inventory or drive for meetings or it's, yeah. you need to make probably I would recommend double what you make at work. Um, so double to three times. Yeah, three yeah. times is, is safer. I think when sure. I quit, uh, I mean, it's been years, but when I quit, I had gotten to where I was, it was about four times what I was bringing in yeah. because I had gone part-time. Oh, okay. So I went from, and that's another thing you can do. Go to the minimum. Your mm -hmm. company will give you the benefits. Allow you. So yeah. you, if, if you can scale down to, you know, 25, 30 hours and still get all mm -hmm. the benefits everyone else does, um, stick around because that will help you transition. That's a hard transition. When yep. you go from getting that direct deposit or that paper check <laughs> yep. and you walk out that door and then you're writing your own checks, it's a whole different world. It it's is, it's yeah. much different. A lot more bills come to you uh -huh. and you got to be prepared that for that. That stuff starts to add know? up too, man. I get, you know, I'll get woken up on a Monday. We got no envelopes. There goes a hundred bucks. Like, kidding me or like wednesday afternoon we're out of labels oh, here's a hundred dollars like every week it's non-stop something you're ordering i just had to order another mic just to do this podcast i didn't have to but it makes sense and it's going to be better and so you know that was 85 dollars i think this morning just doop, right on out of paypal 
Um, I'll send an invoice for that, okay, by the way. I got you. I got you. Is that the money you talked about? <laughs> that was the, the money I came okay. to hit him up. I come into the door, the first thing I said to him was, I bought a new mic, here's a bill for $85. <laughs> hey, well, I just supplied a new cable for this one. So oh, that's an $85 that cable? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to call some Amazon um, suppliers on these. Um, so what about the people, this is one I get, this is a great one. People ask me if they, they have a credit card, like a $10,000 credit card, or like, home equity or something and they're like i'm gonna max it out and get my business going and i'm like it scares me to death uh, <laughs> it really depends on what you i never like right at the beginning no you know if you have an mm-hmm. established business and all you basically need is access to more inventory you know where to get it you know what you've been selling it for yeah borrow money do it because as long as your interest and your whatever your fees are to borrow the money uh are, are low enough to where your profits, profits well higher. exceed that. But you've got to know, you have to have a plan for the money. Yeah. Don't take money and just throw it at something, especially borrowed money. Right. Um, it costs. Borrowed know. money costs money. Yeah, it um, does. PayPal working capitals, I've seen a lot of people taking like six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 capital. And I swear to you, I must have seen at least three or four people in my life. The week after they take the working capital, what do you think I see? Vacation. They're on vacation yeah. on Facebook. No. I seen I seen a couple... And this was this is several years ago. So, if they're listening, I'm really sorry. I'm not calling you out by name. I'm just giving an example. Literally, I want to say they lived out in the Midwest somewhere. It was like Ohio or somewhere, Colorado. They took an eight thousand dollar working capital loan after messaging me and asking about how the capital worked. And I said, Yeah, you're going to get it. It's going to cost you ten percent, give or take. You're going to have to pay back like nine thousand dollars. And they're going to take your money daily. You're going to be cash flow negative because they take you know thirty percent or whatever. And, um, and well, you so, get to pick your percentage. Yeah, you get yeah. to pick the percentage. But they, they took it to pay it back faster for the cheaper fee. And so you, you lose 30% plus your you know 13% for your eBay and PayPal plus your shipping label. By the time you're done with the working capital and your cost of goods, you actually only get like 20 cents on the dollar for everything that you're selling. It's, it's basically like a front for mm-hmm. your money. It's like if you choose the 30% option, depending on your margin – and your shipping fees and stuff, it's almost like you're saying, I'm going to sell X amount, and then when they deposit that money, or I'm sorry, when you get your payments, mm-hmm. you're basically only able to cover your item costs and your shipping, Right. and so all you did was borrow a little profit, basically, and That's paid right. a fee for it. Correct, yeah. So you're so, working for months for free, basically. Yep. So definitely the, the PayPal working capital is scary because the next day, I remember I took one years ago, yep. and it's 24 like... 24 hours, The they next start day, they start... Cap, they start collecting the money. Yeah, I took one. Uh, it's been two years since the last one I took, and I took, I say, ten or fifteen thousand. It was, it was twelve thousand, and the fee was like it's ten percent even. And I did twenty five percent payback, and it's rough every day. You sell like four hundred dollars, and they take a hundred bucks, and you're like, geez, 120. 100, yeah, yeah, hundred twenty, yeah, four hundred. So that makes a big difference. Yeah, it, it yep. you get an instant cash flow. Uh, you know. Infusion for higher margin, immediately it's, yeah. It's for high margin, down. if you're buying stuff for a dollar a piece and selling it for 20 or 30, it would be right. good, but yeah, but almost, not for vacation. No, no I know. So, this, yeah, <laughs> this couple, I kid you not, this was like a Friday afternoon because I remember over the weekend, um, like emailing back and forth with them. Like Monday morning, they posted up a picture, and remember, they lived in like the Midwest of Hawaii, not even kidding. Hawaii, they're like leaving next week for a surprise vacation to Hawaii, and I'm like. Trying to do the math in my head on like what yeah, what Hawaii costs the whole two people, yeah. and so 
so they took out a loan of eight thousand dollars and i'm like that trip had to be like three or four grand i'm like they just spent 50 percent of their working capital on a vacation i'm like you know if you if you need the money to borrow to go on vacation i i suppose if that's your plan and the business is just running along and you want to borrow a little money like put it on a credit card or something but working capital loan <laughs> no, I, no in way. my opinion that doesn't work it out. was terrible a working capital loan is exactly what it says working capital that yes. means money From no other yeah. no personal expenses no, no anything like that so there's you really shouldn't even pay business expenses with it like rent and electric or, or oh overhead. yeah no you should be buying two things either inventory or equipment right. that will produce money like and by equipment i mean if you need new lighting kits to take better photos to increase right. profits or something like that uh, you can't spend it on anything else guys uh, way back in the day when i took my very first working capital loan for like five or six thousand this is four years ago i first week and i had it i went out and we went to like some fancy dinner and spent like four hundred dollars and yeah. i'm like that was pretty dumb <laughs> and then like i yeah. was i left the money sit and i just kept buying inventory with it that's the one thing that <clears throat> i recommend for a lot of people if you do take a working capital loan is line up the purchase before you take the loan like let's say you find a bulk pallet deal for two or three thousand bucks that you know you're going to profit on um, or you can buy a few, or like Chris said, you've already had experience with it. Then you figure out that it's going to cost you a few thousand dollars. Go take your working capital for four or five thousand. Right. Buy the inventory, and then the money's gone. You can't blow it. Like I said, have a plan for the money. Don't take a large yeah. sum of money and then figure out what to do with no. it. Have a plan first. Because uh, while we're on the subject of credit, there is one thing that I would personally recommend. I don't know if you've. I think I told you about it before. Um, is the Amex Plum Card. The yes, purple card. The float card yeah. Now it's kind of hard to get. You have to have really good established credit. But by how good? How are we talking? I think you need to be like seven, seven twenty plus. Okay. And you have to have some. I think they like if you already have an Amex, you already have some history. Have experience with, with them. Amex, yeah. But it's like so. I have some. Uh, you know, obviously, you can't use it for like overseas purchasing. Typically, a lot of overseas companies don't take uh, Amex. No. But. It's great for a float, basically. So what they'll do is say that your statements run, you know, first to the first to the first. Anything you buy in February, and then you get, uh, you know, you get your statement in March. You have until you basically have to pay ten percent of the balance uh, when that payment's due the first month yeah. in uh, in the following month, and then the rest of it you can pay on the next statement. So it gives you a good breathing a room as far as like if, if you're using it for we only use it for inventory when we use it because yeah. it's for stuff that we're buying to sell. I don't use it for any other reason. Yeah. You know, it's not no, like and I you put, would. you know, if I buy coffee for the office or something, I'm, I'm not using the Amex no. for that. But it's awesome because there's literally no interest. But it is one of those cards like there's no choice to pay the balance. Like when it is due, you have you to. pay it. Otherwise, it's, they don't close convert it. it. Right. They don't convert it to an interest. No, like, they'll close it and you'll be done with Amex. Right. You'll never have a relationship. But it's one of those Amex that is made to pay off, but yep. they give you a long time to do it. Now, if you pay it early, you get like a like a cash back kickback. So yep. say you turned over that inventory very quickly, more quickly than you expected, mm -hmm. then you get 1.5% cash back. So that kind of You're card. You're welcome, Amex. For yeah. Yeah if, you got, <laughs> yeah. if you guys want to sponsor this video, American Express, please reach out to us. It's it. a podcast. It's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Not a video. <laughs> Either way, um, but so that kind of that kind of card, that kind of credit card would be good for somebody that does like electronics, cell phones, something that might like flip faster. <laughs> Clothing is right. so long term that you wouldn't want to sit on that kind of money. 
um, unless you had like a wholesale deal or something along those lines. But something else to consider when purchasing with credit cards is your negotiating power sometimes is reduced Hmm. or your purchasing location abilities because some people are going to say, no, no Amex because some uh, processors charge more to run Amex. So I have, I got for a while there, I had a chase card by Amazon and the the, uh, Amazon offers credit cards if you sell on Amazon through Chase, Chase Bank. And so I had a $10,000 credit card with Chase Bank. And for a while, that's what I used because I would get you know, the time I'd be able to buy inventory and put it on Amazon and get two Amazon payments before I had to pay the first right. bill. So that was just a standard card where you get basically right. a front for 30 days. Yeah. And then also, uh, any purchases, um, made with that card, Amazon was like one and a half percent on everything. Oh, if you cool. purchased anything off Amazon, like supplies, it was 3% wow. cash back. So I was getting, you know, saving several hundred dollars and cause I would buy anytime we needed supplies, uh, I would use the card, and it was like rolling and rolling and rolling. I still have that card in my wallet to this day. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've used it in a couple <clears throat> months. I need to use it. I'll use it just to keep it open, but um, you can tell how And the other thing is. you can do, too, is, um, and we do this, you buy your postage with your PayPal card. Yep. So basically, you're going to save 1.5%, or is it 1%? 1.5%. Now? Okay, so you're going to get a 1.5% deposit each month into your PayPal account for all that postage you bought to ship your stuff yep. rather than going through the, well, you can't do that if you're uh, hooked up through eBay shipping, right? They just, no, eBay, eBay shipping through, if it's coming out of your PayPal, um, account, it, comes out, it comes out of the PayPal account. But what you can do is you can change that to come off of a card or a bank account. Right. You'll still get the shipping discount. Yeah. Anytime you can do a direct debit from PayPal, don't. No. Utilize your PayPal debit card because you're going to always save that one and a half percent. Well, PayPal card is one percent. Okay. The, this Chase Amazon card is one and a half percent. Okay. Well, the PayPal used to be one and a half. No, it's one percent now. Yeah, one percent now. So, yeah, that's uh, good things to put into your notebook for if you decide to use credit. You have to be smart about this stuff. You can't just go by the seat of your pants, or you will get in a whole bunch of trouble. You'll owe a whole bunch of people a whole lot of money, and then you won't be able to make your payments, and then you'll be in an even worse situation. Yeah. Um, ease into it. Just yeah, ease so. into it. And don't, I mean, unless you have a rich uncle that's like, here's <laughs> you know, here's a million dollars, do whatever. You or know, you you have a dad that gives you a million dollar loan to start yeah. a company that's worth billions. And turns you into. Oh, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. So um, we can't go that route. Uh, so that's my our our kind of education, quick crash course in credit cards to finance a business. Right. That went way off on the whole yeah. credit card. Thing. No. Yeah. I was just thinking about the guy that's like, hey, I got this ten thousand dollar credit card. I'm going to go to every thrift store all week long and charge it up. And I'm like, careful. I mean, you better like, have careful. a listing team in, yeah. in order because yeah. you need to flip that money quick. Careful. Yeah. And then you know, I had one person ask about like they're taking a home equity loan to uh, improve their house and they're going to have five or ten thousand dollars left over and i'm like that seems reasonable if you're doing it anyways i suppose if you had leftover money you could do it like he was taking 40 or fifty thousand dollars and the repairs were uh, gonna be like thirty thousand yeah and he wanted the extra money to like start buying and i'm like eh, i guess you could i mean you're I gonna mean, be- you have so long that's such a yeah. long loan and that's that a low really interest rate hurt too. bad you know and it's deductible interest yeah so. it's low interest yeah you're, you're talking about five or six percent you're already deductible on the interest so you transfer that money into your business account it, you know you you don't have to account for the interest because you're already writing it off yeah. on a personal level exactly. so 
That's uh, easy to do. So the, the last one I got asked about was small business loans. In today's day and age, it's very, very difficult to get any kind of reasonable loan out of a bank. Um, I can tell you, and this is just from my personal experience, um, I have credit cards with $10,000 limits. I have one with a $15,000 limit. Um, so I have, you know, my credit score, I actually just had my credit pulled yesterday. It was like 721 or something. So I have a pretty good credit score. Um, I don't think it's phenomenal anyway, but 720, you know, is, is like <clears throat> top 90% or something. And for me to walk into Bank of America and ask for like $1,000 would probably get me laughed out of it. Like literally I can't. I'm not really sure, honestly, because I haven't looked into that type of lending lately. It's been a while. Um, yeah. I did take an SBA loan back in 06, I think, or 07. Oh, I've never taken one. And that was a Bank of America line of credit. Uh, That was a pretty strenuous application. Um, Oh, yeah. That's like six months bank statements. Yeah. Two years taxes. I think it was six months, two years. You had to be in business for at least two years. With your tax. Profitable. With your tax forms. Yeah. Yeah. With tax forms and everything. So you have to be totally legit. It's not like you can go to Bank of America and be like, oh, hey, I'm looking to start a business. Yeah, no. I need 50 grand. You have to be established. You know, I got that for 50,000, drew from it for a little while, and that was really a good way to kind of, you know, get my business going. But every business has different financial needs. Yeah, if you don't so, have history getting a loan out of a bank, SBA, uh, No, you're credit much better line, off with like uh, PayPal, Cabbage, all these. But you have to watch some of these lenders that are advertising, yeah. um, you know, if you're an e-commerce seller and they're going to debit from your, your payment accounts and yep. stuff. They are not cheap. That's expensive no, money. Cabbage uh, so one, is one very of, expensive. Yeah, Cabbage is, is on the topper. It's not at the highest. I've definitely seen worse. That's but, peer-to-peer lending, isn't yeah. it? Is uh, that where they've got like a I bunch think of so. investors? I think so. That, yeah. yeah, so Cabbage, like if you want to – they all, they send me emails all the time, and I see the thing. Um, anybody that's on eBay and Amazon's probably got their emails from Cabbage at least once in your life. Um, and to borrow Cabbage, like – it was going to be, this was a couple of years ago, like $10,000 would have, you know, on PayPal working capital, it's like nine, 10%, depending on how much you let them take. Cabbage was like 15 to 18%. Wow. So 10 grand was going to cost like, uh, you know, almost $12,000 to pay back. So that's, that's um, steep. I mean, mean, 1200. I mean, yeah, yeah. 12,000 was your total payback on 10 oh, grand. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. Almost two grand in wow. fees. Yeah. It had like a hundred dollar um, origination fee. Yeah. yeah. So. Have you seen payability now? Yeah. So payability for Amazon is that's a yeah, that's a good thing. Um, I actually met them at a conference last year in Minnesota uh, and they wanted me to do a video and I'm just going to be fully transparent. They asked me to partner with them. Uh, I haven't done all my research, but I did look at the fees on payability. For those of you that sell on Amazon, um, they front you the money. So in other words, if you have um, let's just say you do $300 a day in sales, you're waiting for your 14 day payment. So that would be, you know, $4,200. They'll send you the 4,200 and you don't have to wait the 14 days. You'll get it right away. And you know, it's got to be in your account. Yeah. In your, in your balance. Yeah. Right. What, what you've sold. So let's say that you're selling, you know, X amount and you just want to get it now and not wait, they'll send it to you. They'll front you your money, but then your Amazon payment at the time that it, it's sending to you is going to go to them. Um, they offered me 2% of all the fees that they get. They're charging, and it depends on how much. It was like X, you know, zero to 10 grand, 10 grand to 25 grand, 25 mm-hmm. to 50. They're charging up to 10% on the money. 10? 8 to 10% depending on the money, yeah. Wow. They were thought... offering to give me 2% of right. the fee they collected. So. Of the fee. Just full yeah. transparency, just yeah. I think I think what I think payability, unless you really are in a cash flow crunch and that that uh, disbursement kills you, 
The thing is, it's only benefits you towards the front of mm-hmm. your two weeks because once you get to the end of your two weeks, you're about to get that deposit anyway. Yeah. But Amazon is a very, very taxing business to run in the sense of you need a lot of cash if you have a lot of inventory because of the way that they structure uh, the way they treat your account is you are last to get paid yep. for everything. So yep. it is it is tough. And when you're starting out, they do actually uh, – did you go through the period where they held your money for like uh, two extra weeks and stuff like that? I don't remember. Maybe. Like they do – if you start to sell a lot, they do what's called a velocity review and they hold your payments back for, for another period. Of, I, I um, might have been too small. When I started Amazon, my first couple months, I did like a 1000 bucks in sales. Right. Like I just sent a few items and sold a few – I don't think my deposit my deposits were like eight ninety, a thousand ten. Like yeah. it probably wasn't enough for them to care. It wasn't I start the year I started Amazon, which was like twenty thirteen, maybe fourteen, um, I uh, I started in the summer and we did like June, July, August. I don't think I did more than fifteen hundred in any one of those months until November of that year I did I remember it, I did three thousand dollars and I was like over the moon, like Amazon, yeah. three grand, woohoo! And then December, we did double. We doubled our money in the first six months to six thousand dollars. And um, and I don't know if they really held any longer, but I remember waiting on those payments, like waiting to get three or four thousand dollars deposited. Like, come on, yeah. money, come on, money. And just remember peaks and valleys. Like, I mean, that's the way business is. Uh, if you if you start a business and it starts to take off, that's great, you know, and it may continue to take off, but don't think that it's never going to kind of fall down a little bit you know be prepared for a dip yeah and And so this goes back to you know reinvesting your money don't think that if you made four thousand in february that you're guaranteed to make four thousand or more come march because you may go back down to 2500 profit in march right so when you get those big deposits back to our beginning topic money management when that four five six grand gets dropped in the bank don't go crazy. Keep it for when you only get two thousand deposited. And don't even go crazy on inventory. Don't look at that as a as a way to go purchase five thousand in inventory if you got <laughs> six thousand. Like leave a buffer. You know, you have other expenses that are going to arise. You know, yeah. and it all and it all is relative to your operation. You yeah. know. With you and I with a history of like reselling and, and selling stuff online, this is kind of our experience and what yeah. we've dealt with, but all kinds of, but you know, there's I imagine all kinds a plumber doesn't have that, a lot of these problems. No, I mean, <laughs> I think they just need to buy, you know, supplies. Their, their supplies and, and payroll and stuff like that. But, yeah. but in a sense, it's, it's inventory as well. Their pipes on yep. the top of their truck is inventory. Tools. They, they sell that to their customer and equipment. Yep. So everybody that is listening to this, whether you do resell or you own another business, the money management side is one of the biggest um, things. And it's one I get a lot of questions about. Um, speaking of questions, you guys can feel free again on the Anchor app to leave us a voicemail. Literally, you can go on there and just record, just like you would like a voice text message to us, and we will get it. And we're going to play them back on future podcasts. In fact, we have one from the week before that I wanted to play, and um, you're going to have to guys are going to have to bear with me because I'm going to have to uh, figure out how to open this again. I just had it open, but make sure you go to that Anchor app. Hopefully we get on iTunes and Spotify soon. I've been um, I've been emailing with them and I will email with them again um, this coming week and see if, uh, if they can get me on. So here's a voice message. I'm gonna give you guys an example. Our first one we received from Cindy Johnson Tebbits and I want you guys to hear Cindy's voice message. Casey and Chris, really enjoyed this. This was wonderful. Uh, you motivate us 
just really think that your content is true from the heart and give everybody, you know, your opinion, which is just an honest opinion and not fake. Thank you for everything that you do. Can't wait to hear the next podcast. So thank you, Cindy, for uh, sending over that voice message. If you guys want to send one over as well, um, please do using the Anchor app. That's the only way that it allows you to do it, and I will play them back. If you have questions or just comments like Cindy had, um, please do that. Thank you again to Cindy Johnson-Tebbits for sending that, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again. And we look forward to seeing and hearing from you guys in Episode 4, which will be next week. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. If you have questions about money management, about business, entrepreneurship, for me, for Chris, for anything in general, um, if you want to leave them in the voicemail, please do. Or you can just email us, rockstarflipper at gmail.com, and I will forward it along to Chris. So anything else you want to leave them with? No, I, I think we're good. I think uh, you guys have a good weekend. Uh, save your money. Don't spend too much. <laughs> don't buy Don't buy Rockstar. Too many drinks in Vegas. And uh, speaking of saving my money, I'm going to save my money, and Chris is going to take me to lunch now. So we'll see you guys next time. Later.